Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You know, the Astros also took a pound on last night. It was not a good day for sports in H-Town. No, it wasn't. Even media day for the Rockets, I heard, was boring. Hmm. <laughs> like, they had a media day at, at uh, 11.30, and fans that went, they said it was just boring. Hmm. Really boring. I was like, that, that, that's upsetting to hear. Imagine going to a Texans training camp, and it's like, they don't do nothing. Hmm. You know, that's awkward. Yeah, just you know, stand I, around I, and... Yeah, like, okay, why am I here? You know what I mean? Like, that's your first question. Why am I here? You know, I would be upset if that was the Houston Texans. So, damn, people are swooping into that comment section. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Believe in the Houston Texans. I am one part of your show, Ruben Calvillo, joined by my guy, the handsome Harley Dugan. Harley, the Houston Texans are now two and three. A tough loss to the Atlanta Falcons, 21-19. to A last-second field goal by Young Wei Koo. Tough loss, brother. How you feeling? Um, disappointing. Mm. You know, the workplace was very much uh, throwing, throwing crap at me mm. for uh, how hyped I was entering into this game. Rightfully so. I was very hyped, you know, and I got uh, I got taken down a notch. It's all right. It's all right. We're we going to come back next week. It just it just feels like finally felt like I could be happy and confident going into, you know, an NFL week because going into Jacksonville, you were like, man, are we good enough to beat them? Well, you dominated them. That going up against Pittsburgh, it was like, oh, man, you know, they're going to sack the hell out of us. No, you dominated them. So you had to have felt comfortable going into Atlanta against the Falcons, who were on a two-game losing streak. And also, we're already having questions whether Desmond Ritter should be benched or not after this game. And to see the way that, uh, you know, to see the way the Houston Texans lost, you know, you stop B. John Robinson, but Desmond Ritter career day. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, it is what it is. I'm I'm pretty much over it. Um, my immediate reactions obviously was disappointment. Um, but come on, man. Desmond Ritter threw for 330 passing yards. Like I was on two Falcons podcasts uh before this leading up to Sunday, and both of them told me. And I said it, too. They agreed with me. You want Desmond Ritter to pass the ball, make him a passer, and you want to try to contain B. John Robinson. That's exactly what the Texans did. It just so happened Desmond Ritter was on Sunday. He's still undefeated at home. And the Falcons got dubbed. And they only put up 21 on you. It was a very average, average day for the Houston Texans. You can't continue to be average in this league. Absolutely not. And before we continue with this episode, we are brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and match breakdowns. Get the last game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL, 
and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the CFB Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile number device. Get on the action. Remember, use our promo code BLEAV. That is BLEAV. Again, BLEAV. It will give you your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Woo. Shout out to you, Harley. That was fantastic. But, you know, going into this game confident and seeing the result, I said it was a disappointing loss, but not discouraging. Disappointing because I felt like the Houston Texans were going to make a statement, right? And the statement being, we have arrived as an NFL team and we are going to start to separate ourselves from the weaker teams. And I thought it was going to happen with the Atlanta Falcons. And it just didn't turn out that way, right? As we were watching the game, me and Harley watched it together, we saw Desmond Ritter with all the time in the world back there, which was very surprising. He was sacked four times in London against the Jacksonville Jaguars, then seven times the week prior by the Detroit Lions. You would have thought the Houston Texans would have had, you know, a game plan to, you know, make Desmond Ritter uncomfortable. But no, he was slinging it back there. And as Harley mentioned, having a career day yeah man again 330 passing yards this was his first game throwing 300 pat plus passing yards um it just so happened to be against the houston texans um i think it's an anomaly uh i don't think the falcons are back in any case i don't i wouldn't be i wouldn't be strutting my stuff if i'm falcons fans I just I don't see how they're confident going moving forward after this game. Uh, I've seen what we've seen from Desmond Ritter. He still had some plays where he just didn't look good mm-hmm. Sunday. The Houston Texans kicked four field goals, didn't capitalize in the red zone or even when they got close to it. Four field goals, any one of those field goals that can lead to a touchdown, you win this game. You know, so – the Houston Texans definitely had some missed opportunities. Didn't get hit enough pressure on him, like you said. Um, where was Jonathan Grenard this game? A lot of inconsistencies with Jonathan Grenard. Um, I still question whether or not he is that guy for opposite of Will Anderson. A lot of people are asking that question about Will Anderson. Is he the guy or not? Hasn't had a sack since week one. The number three overall pick in the draft, when we saw it, it was one of the most exciting moments in latest Texans draft history. You have some fans already calling him Jadavion Clowney. He is going to be something in the run, but just cannot to the quarterback. I'm not uh, pushing the panic button on Will Anderson Jr. The sacks are going to come, but I was just, I was surprised to see the amount of hate that Area 51 is getting. Yeah, I don't understand it. I think it's absolutely dumb. Uh, overreactions up the ass. I mean, it is ridiculous. I understand you're frustrated. You traded, you know, some premium picks to get this guy at number three. And at the end of the day, he's only got one sack. Still, like the, this comment says, Jerome, again, up there putting top 10 in pressure rate. Pressure rate is going to lead to sacks. Pressure rate is going to lead 
to the statistics that fans gravitate to, which is sack numbers. And everybody, everyone wants to go, oh, but look at Jalen Carter. Oh, look at Jalen Carter. Okay, well, look at the defensive line that Jalen Carter went to. This was the best defensive line, arguably, last year in the NFL. And I don't even think it's an argument. I think they were the best defensive line next to the 49ers in the NFL. That is what Jalen Carter entered. All right. He entered the best D-line group in the NFL. Will Anderson entered this defense to be the face of it. Mm. Like that's the difference between Jalen Carter having success right now and Will Anderson. Give Will Anderson a Fletcher Cox and all these other pieces around him defensively. And yeah, he's going to be cooking. We all saw J.J. Watt with a bunch of ragtags and nobodies. He didn't put up a lot of good numbers. Yes, he was hurt too, but he didn't put up the same numbers when he was healthy compared to when he had a a Vince Wilfork slash DJ Reader, Whitney Merciless, Jadavian Clowney, you know, and the rest of the crew with him. The secondary was elite. Linebackers were good. So Will Anderson, it takes more than one guy to get to the quarterback. I don't understand these overreactions they want to fit a narrative that we traded too much for him and right now they're just they think it's all candy land right now for them they're sweetening the pot stirring it up they think it's all great will anderson's <laughs> going to be a monster in this league at some point it's going to happen they just got to be patient that's all i say linebackers did not have a good day no christian harris dealing with a concussion Henry Tua Tua was just abused in coverage by tight ends Johnny Smith and Kyle Pitts. Hey, we said, where has Kyle Pitts been? Well, he arrived on Sunday. And, <laughs> man, when I saw the Atlanta Falcons offense compared to the Houston offense, they took their chances, right? The deep ball to Drake London just threw it up there and – he made a play, obviously gets the crowd hype. Yesterday, the Houston Texan offense, it looked scared. And it and it was weird because we didn't see that these past two games, right? It was, I'm going to go at you regardless if I have an offensive line, regardless if I get no help from the running game. But this offense seemed very conservative. It felt like they didn't want to throw that first interception and use you come alive in the fourth quarter a little bit too late. And, you know, what did you think about the offensive performance? Um, it was pretty average. Uh, you know, you didn't – in credit to the Falcons taking away some of the stuff uh, for this Texans teams with C.J. Stroud and things. But um, the run game still is a work in progress, um, which I don't think – The running game has be. been non-existent. Yeah. Besides last week against the Steelers, it just it hasn't been anywhere the rest of this NFL uh, season. And, you know, you thought you would have some success this week with not only Laramie Tunsil, but Titus Howard returning. Granted, he's playing guard and that's not his position, but um, it's not like, you know, I'd rather him than what Dieter or Broker you know, who were the other two guys available probably for this team. Um, no, we don't want CJ just to throw an interception because he thinks it's a distraction. Um, that's just that's just not 
I'm not going to entertain that comment um, any more than it needs to be. That's just weird. Uh, CJ Stroud is fine. Uh, this is more so Bobby Slowick. Mm. This is the offensive scheme. Um, it just it wasn't up to par. You had a lack of running game. You know, 35 pass attempts, only 20 completions. Okay, he looked decent. He looked average. You know, you had that touchdown at the end, and that's something to uh, be encouraged about Texans fans is CJ went down there and Clutch. had a drive to lead the Texans to up one point in the fourth quarter with a minute left or so, minute 17, I think it was, or whatever, and did his thing. You know, he, he did an amazing thing. So uh, that, if anything, should encourage Texans fans. But overall, the offense was average. Yeah, no, the only thing that you could take as a W is that potential game-winning drive by C.J. Stroud. That was just fantastic, right? On a third and eight, you find tight end Dalton Schultz, who had himself a a pretty nice day for the go-ahead touchdown. That's franchise quarterback stuff right there. That's clutch. That's ice in the veins, man. We were excited to see that. But like we said, a little bit too late. I want to go back to Damian Pierce because I was on Twitter today, and the narratives is that he has digressed and he is not a scheme fit for this Bobby Slovic type of offense. They are calling him a contact junkie looking just to run someone over instead of finding open lanes and just getting the easy yards. How do you feel about that? It's, uh, I think it's pretty funny. I think so. Um, sure, last week wasn't indicative of someone that uh, is looking to hit the hole. Um, yeah, he's a contact guy. He's a contact running back. Um, is he the right scheme fit? I, I don't know. I have no clue. You know, we were all like, these are the same people that, you know, were praising this guy last year with an offensive line that was just, I mean, I would say worse or actually this year's offensive line was worse, but last year's was decent, you know, and he had almost a thousand yards rushing with injuries, you know, so the same people that were praising him last year are now discouraged with him this year, trying to say, oh, they need to move on from him. He's not the running back for this team. Uh, Devin Singletary needs to get more carries. I will say, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see Singletary get some carries. Zero. Damn it, zero Sunday against the Falcons. That was very disappointing, but I mean, when the offensive line isn't making holes for you, when they, you know, this isn't the starting offensive line that we saw Damian Pierce running through in training camp. There was no problem with him at training camp. Mm -hmm. Everyone was like, oh, man, Damian Pierce looks good. Damian Pierce looks like he's a beast this year. He's going to have a breakout year. And everyone was laughing at the sports betting apps for having him at 900 yards rushing this year in five and a half rushing touchdowns. And now everybody wants to create this popular opinion, and it's good for views and clicks and arguments sake to say, oh, Damian Pierce, he's not the running back. Well, a few months ago we in training camp, we saw him behind. Laramie Tunsil, Kenyon Green, 
Juice Scruggs, Shaq Mason, and Titus Howard, and he was running and doing his thing. It is way too early to give up on Damian Pierce, and to mm. say he's not a scheme fit is absolutely laughable. Mm. Yeah, man, it's just tough seeing him go for less than 40 yards in three straight games and good sure. a game last week against the Steelers, 81. And then, you know, yesterday against the Falcons, I mean, 66 yards, but wasn't a factor in the game until that last drive where he finally got something going. Um, but at one point, you just need Damian Pierce to, you know, be the number one option for this team because that's what we thought going into this season, that this offense was going to run through Damian Pierce. It has not been that. I wonder if we'd look more at Damian Pierce if CJ shot isn't this good, right? If this passing attack wasn't as good. I wonder if we would put have you know put more pressure on Damian Pierce, but just not not what I love not what I love so far is seeing this running group not successful the first five weeks. But hopefully when Juice Scruggs comes back, maybe that's next week against the Saints. Titus Howard goes back to right tackle, move Jared Patterson, a left guard. Maybe it gets a boost. Um, as we talk about the wide receiving core, Nico Collins was a no-show. Four targets, three catches, less than 40 yards. And this is now two games where he has disappeared. Now, you could argue that those two times he has gone against better cornerbacks. You know, he went against the Jacksonville secondary than yesterday against A.J. Terrell. But when we talk about a number one wide receiver, you know, it's someone who just makes plays for this team. When Tank Dell went down, when Robert Woods went down, it wasn't Nico Collins stepping up and making plays. It was Dawson Schultz. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like the jury still has to be out on Nico. And that's kind of crappy because last week I was calling him a number one wide receiver after a 160-something yard performance, two touchdowns, and then he follows that up, you know, with a underwhelming performance versus A.J. Terrell. Yeah, I think yesterday kind of proved to me that he's not a number one wide receiver. There's nothing wrong with that. I think he's a fantastic number two. Mm. I mean, sure, he could be a number one. But I think you got to have surrounding pieces and a really good to great quarterback like C.J. Stroud with him to make him, to highlight him. But, you know, A.J. Terrell was, it is a really good cornerback in this league. But a legit number one still eats, mm-hmm. still gets his. We've seen Hopkins many times face Jalen Ramsey in these divisional battles. And there was many times... Sure, Jalen Ramsey got the best of them, but DeAndre Hopkins still ate. He still got his, and he might have struggled, but he got his. Mm-hmm. That's what number one wide receivers do. We've seen Andre Johnson go up against good, great cornerbacks, and he still ate. And I understand Nico Collins isn't those guys, but those guys were wide receiver ones. Mm-hmm. So if you're telling me he's not Hopkins, he's not Andre well, yeah, that's true. That also what is true is that that doesn't mean he's a wide receiver one. I don't think he is. Uh, I think he's a really good wide receiver too. Um, could be a wide receiver one. But again, the rest of the wide receiver group has to be fantastic around him. 
Um, I just yesterday didn't feel like one of those, man, I need a play. Come mm -hmm. on, Nico Collins. Yeah, it was non-existent in the second half. Um, Tank Dell, 57 yards, a very clutch catch that, you know, evidently took him out the game. You know, how do you feel about him getting those two rush attempts, trying to use him like Debo Samuel? You know, I like it and I hate it. Um, you love it if it works, right? I mean, obviously. But I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I've already seen Damian Pierce on a toss play and it didn't work. So what's the difference with Tank Dell? Oh, well, he's faster and he could get to the edge. Well, obviously, it didn't happen. You would think, oh, this, this is a good, great question for my schematic running back guys that are scheme fits. You would think someone faster in Tank Dell uh, could actually get to the edge and get yardage. Oh, wait, the offensive line didn't do a good job for him on those plays, huh? So what's the difference between him and Damian? Oh, well, Damian Pierce is a running back. Harley's got to have, he's got to have that vision. Well, okay. I guess so. I just wonder, you know, I wonder what the difference is there because fans love, you know, when like fans went crazy when, uh, what's his name? Charles James was it Charles James yeah. preseason when he had that running rushing touchdown that got taken back on a bogus penalty. I still hate that. I still hate that call, even though it was preseason. But fans loved it, you know, and I don't like it. It didn't work. It looked, mm, I don't know. I thought it was going to be a pass for a second, you know, but then it was like, you know, sideways forward toss. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it either. Um, you could use Tank Dell. Sure, I like it. I like the idea. I don't like the execution. Maybe that's mm -hmm. what it is. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of it. They didn't really see a lot of screens either. They did run a screen with Robert Woods, and that went for 12 yards. Not sure, you know, why they went away from that when last week against the Steelers, it worked exactly. multiple times, and one of them was a big play that got called back. But, you know, slowly it was very questionable, man, and – it's just a C-plus performance from this offense. That's all I could say. You you get the ball back on two turnovers and only get a field goal from that. Uh, also, what do you think about the decision on the, I think it was our first drive to not go for it on fourth and one, mm. deep, you know, deep in their territory to start the game? I would have went for it, uh, but, I mean, I yeah. understand. In hindsight, yeah, Damian Pierce was not having a good day, but you know, I would have thought the Houston Texans would have came out aggressive. You're away, you know. Yeah, um, I would have gone for it. Mm. Uh, D'Amico has had an aggressive mindset. You know, he has talked about him being aggressive. You know, and then they asked him. Big Sarge actually asked him at the podium about not going for it on fourth down. And he was like, oh, well, you know, we're kicking the field goal, getting points on the board, you know, handing the ball over to our defense. And I'm like, huh, this sounds a little hypocritical right now, D'Amico. Like, you told me you're trying to be aggressive. You know, you want this aggressive mentality and mindset. And he's gone for it on fourth down many times but already. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a little – I thought they should have gone for it. The offense was actually going down the field pretty well. 
Um, they had a good little flow and rhythm going. I thought, why not take the chance? I think they were at their 47-yard line, something like that. Um, why not take the chance? That's what I would have done. If you don't get it, you don't get it. You put that trust in your defense, who overall played a solid game. They were just on the field too many times because mm-hmm. the offense just sometimes kept getting three and outs and didn't move, get too many plays for the defense to at least get a rest, man. That was very upsetting. Very upsetting as we, you know, go back to the defense. Um, you know, shout out to the, you know, to the run game. Absolutely shut down B. John Robinson. Shout yeah. out Tyler out here. No one expected you to do that. So many pre-snap penalties. There was about three encroachment calls. The Desmond Ritter cadence was just, just destroying the Houston Texans front seven. Very surprised that we were undisciplined there because it made a lot of first and tens, first and fives. And, you know, when you keep on giving the offense stuff like that, you know, it's easy for Desmond Ritter to pick you apart on a first and five instead of a first and 10. You know, you're already not pressuring the guy, but you're not doing yourself any favors. There was a lot of missed tackles, um, a lot from your two starting safeties, Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie. The defense, like you said, it, it did its job. Only 21 points. It didn't feel like they were just bombarding you, but in key moments, you just could not stop them. Yeah. Uh, no. Hey, man, 21 points. You did your thing defensively. Uh, you were on the field a lot. You know, the offense didn't do you much favor. I expect D'Amico to get on this defense with the encroachment penalties, offsides, neutral zone infractions, like – that's upsetting, man. That, that's ridiculous. You can't be undisciplined. You got to know. You got to be looking at the ball, man. You can't be waiting on his on on the call from the hike or anything. You can't do that, man. You got to look at the ball. This is this is easy. Mm-hmm. These are fundamentals, all right. And it, it just that was very upsetting because it created the first and fives, or you know, you get an automatic first down, you know. So. That's just upsetting every single time. It happened multiple times in the game. Um, defensively, again, you know, your safeties, uh, this is a little – again, this is a disappointing loss, to put it quite simply. And um, But I am not discouraged whatsoever. Um, I still have faith in this Texans team, and I think they're going to have a huge bounce-back win against the Saints. You're already calling a W. I'm already calling a W, and I know it's Monday. Everybody's all gloomy and sad and upset, and I'm like, okay. See, the biggest thing I took away from this is these are the growing pains, and I think we forgot about that, you know. And it's it, it's cool to we, – we did, you know. You just dropped 37 and 30 the last two weeks. You know, I get it. We were We were chugging that Kool-Aid, you know. Man, we forgot that this team has a rookie head coach, rookie OC, rookie quarterback, is starting the most amount of snaps for rookies in the NFL. There are going to be growing pains with this team, and a young team has inconsistencies. Mm. It happens. You know, I go back to the 2015 Astros and then the 2016 Astros. 2015 Astros – 
did their thing, went to the playoffs, exceeded expectations. 2016 Astros missed the playoffs, were inconsistent as hell. They're a young team. Texans are a young team. They're going to go through this. It's all about how you bounce mm-hmm. back. And I definitely see a huge bounce back win with the Miko Ryans coming at home. And this is, you know, the week before the bye week. They're going to unload on the New Orleans Saints. Two and three right now. Look, no one even thought you were going to be two and three. No. Potentially being three and three at the bye, you call that an A+. plus. You know, no one ever would have expected you to be there. But I got to look more into the Saints. I know they had a great game against the New England Patriots. Uh, Tyron Matthew, Houston Texans legend, took one back to the crib. A tough task, and like one of the comments said, maybe a better defense, better in secondary than the Atlanta Falcons. But hopefully you get a little bit more healthy. Hopefully you get Juice Scruggs back. And, I mean, you have to have a convincing win sooner rather than later. I mean, I mean, you just had to, right? You just had to. And like you said, you know, we kind of forgot that this team was rebuilding because, God damn it, I felt good. I mean – to see this team put 30 in back-to-back games, yeah. one away, one at home, one against a Hall of Fame head coach and a very stout defense, man, I it, it was hard not to drink the damn Kool-Aid because I was talking my mess, and I felt mm-hmm. confident, and it was just like... Guilty. And I see the... I saw the... the the tweets that just pissed me off. Oh, same old Houston Texans, right? Yeah. This is why you can never trust the Houston. The same tweets that I saw the previous two years were coming up again, and it just made me so mad because I was like, bro, the Texans could have easily won the, you know, won this game. And I, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean it. It was coming to him. It was just as I sit here the day later. This one really does hurt. It does. I'm not even going to count. I'll say this. I to say this is this is the same old Houston Texans. It's just trying to stick with that old narrative. And this isn't the same old Houston Texans. Because if this was the same old Houston Texans, mm-hmm. they would have got their they would have got blown out. How many times have we seen the Texans get a statement win in the very next week. You think they're going to win. You think they're going to take care of a, of a team and they get blown out. They didn't get blown out. This was a competitive game the whole way. The Falcons had to come back with a minute 17 left, go down the field and kick a field goal to win the game. If they missed the field goal, what are we talking right now? The Houston Texans escaped the jaws of defeat and got themselves a win, and C.J. led the team to a game-winning touchdown drive. That's the narrative right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, this isn't the same old Houston Texans because not only that, you know you got a quarterback in C.J. Stroud. You know you got a head coach in Miko Ryans. You got the building block. The building blocks in the NFL, good to great head coach, Good to great quarterback. You got both of that year one of actually redoing everything. This is actually Nick Casario trying. Okay, this is no David Coley shit, Lovey Smith crap. All right, he hired D'Amico Ryans 
They drafted C.J. Stroud. Both of them are going to be home runs for the foreseeable future for the Houston Texans. This is not the same old Houston Texans team. This isn't the same song and dance. They will come back next week, and I am I'm going to drop the Charles Barkley guarantee, guaranteeing a dub this coming week, man. Well, that's a way to end the podcast, man. <laughs> that's a way to do it. Giving us some hope when right now things just don't seem, you know, too bright, man. Thank you, everyone, for being a part of this episode with us as we recap the Houston Texans defeat versus the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, give a shout out to them. Harley, let them know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at the lead underscore H-O-U everywhere on social media, uh, whether it be YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Uh, make sure you are subscribed. We are on the road to 5,000 subscribers, currently at 4,130 subscribers. Make sure you are subbed. I give you all the latest on Astros, Rockets, Texans, all Houston, all the time. And guys, just look me up, 713 Houston Sportcast in the search bar. Thank you all so much for being a part of today's episode. Have a blessed, blessed rest of your Monday night. Blessed. Breast. Mm, interesting. <laughs> mm. And as my mouse doesn't worry, just give me a second, Harley. No problem. We can save her on the breast night. <laughs> Toodles. That's what Frank Z said. There you go. Buddies. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.